Well, good evening, everyone. We want to welcome you to our Bible study and prayer meeting this evening. Thank you for joining us this evening. We trust that you will enjoy our time together as we worship the Lord and hear from His Word this evening as Pastor Wright will bring a study a little bit later. We're going to worship God. Why don't you sing along with me and worship along with me in your home this evening. Our loving kindness is better than life. Our loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee, thus will I bless thee. I will lift up my hands on to thy Thus will I bless thee, 
study for this evening. Well, we welcome you back to our Bible study this evening. Last week, we began a Bible study entitled Watch, and we're looking at Watch Your Words. So last week, we began to look at what the Scripture says concerning our speech, our words, and so on, and we have dissected the Scriptures in the book of Proverbs, and we've been looking at the book of James so we want to pick up where we left off last week. And I want to talk about that the tongue is a small member. We read this in the third chapter of James, verses 3 to 5. Let's just look at these verses again for a moment. James says, When we put bits into the mouths of, of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what the great forest fire that is set on fire from a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of iniquity among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. So here James is describing how the, the tongue is a small member. James' purpose in these verses was to illustrate by the means of two metaphors the huge effects that a small member of the body like the tongue can actually display. So even though the tongue is small, the tongue can bring great destruction to the body, to relationships, and to a person's character. So he's trying to give us this metaphor to let us realize it may be small, but it can control. A loose tongue will often land you in a tight situation. Let me say it again. A loose tongue will often land you in a tight situation. So the tongue is a small member, according to James. Secondly, 
He says that the tongue is a savage monster. A savage monster. Verses 6 to 8. Let's pick up these verses from the book of James chapter 3 as we read these verses. We've already read verse 6 to you, but let's pick up at verse 7. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. So not only does he say the tongue is a small member, but now he's saying the tongue is a savage monster. Well, he says that a wild beast can be tamed, but not the tongue. Think about it for a moment. A wild beast can be tamed, but not the tongue. No one else can control your tongue. It is up to you and I to tame it. Therefore, we are responsible for what comes out of our mouths. Proverbs 16 and verse 17 says, An ungodly man diggeth up evil, and in his lips there is a burning fire. So we can see how this is a small member, but yet a savage monster. We can control our tongues, and we have the ability to do so if we subject ourselves to the power of the Spirit. But nothing else can occur unless we place it into the Lord's hands. So then he goes on to say, not only is it a small member, not only is it a, is it a savage monster, but it is a strange mixture. Let's look at verses 9 down to verse 13. He says, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good light, by deeds done in his humanity that comes from wisdom. So he's telling us now that it is not only a small member and not only a savage monster, but it is a strange mixture. James explains that the tongue often performs a contradiction to each other through these contradictory acts, such as blessing and cursing coming from the same mouth. How can this be? This not only contradicts a consistent Christian walk, but also even nature. His solution to the issue was to seek wisdom from above. So how can it be? He says, can you have salt water and fresh water coming from the same spring? We know the answer to the question. But he's asking a rhetorical question because he knows the answer, you know the answer, and I know the answer. So therefore he's saying this can't happen, it's a strange mixture. But even though he uses nature to bring about this for our understanding and learning, it is also it is also contradictory to our Christian life. So let's look at some history abuses of the tongue as we look throughout the Scripture today. Number one, I want to say it was the lying tongue of the devil that caused Adam and Eve to fall into sin. 
In the Garden of Eden, chapter 3, we read of man and woman created and the beauty of the Garden of Eden. But the Bible says that Satan came in the form of a serpent. And as he came in the form of a serpent, of course, he lied to, uh, to the man and to the woman. He said, did God really say? The Bible says that Eve took up the fruit of the tree and her husband who was with her also did eat of the fruit. And he lied to them. He made them believe that they could become as God. And of course, through his lying tongue, sin entered the world. And by his lying tongue, sickness entered the world. By his lying tongue, stress entered the world. And man, by the sweat of his brow, had to provide for himself. And they were expelled from the Garden of Eden. It was the lying tongue of the devil. The scriptures, we see the deceiving tongue of Joseph's brothers that gave their, gave their father such grief. They said to him, Joseph is dead. How do we know he's dead? We have his coat of many colors. It is full of blood. Therefore, some wild animal must have devoured your son, Joseph. And their deceiving tongue brought such grief into the household of Jacob that he grieved for his son. Yet they had lied and had dipped the coat of many colors into the blood of an animal and therefore brought this deceiving to be. So we see it was the complaining tongue of Miriam that caused her to be struck down with leprosy in Numbers chapter 12, verses 1 and 10. Listen to what the scripture says here. Verse 1. And Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman he had married. For he had married this Ethiopian woman. Down to verse 10. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle. And the old Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam and behold, she was a leper. Here we see the complaining tongue of Miriam. She complained against God's servant that he had placed in place over the children of Israel. They, she complained about his marrying an Egyptian woman. And because of her complaining tongue, she struck down with a leprosy. Well, I'm glad today. Aren't you glad that we're under grace? Because if everybody who complained today was struck with leprosy, I'd say many of us, if not all of us, would be in trouble. God here in the word of the Lord warns us that we will never tame the tongue, but the tongue no man can tame. James chapter 3 and 8. Wrong conclusions or attitudes we allow in our spirit will be conveyed in our words, in our facial expressions, and in our tone expressions. An evil man out of evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. Taming our tongue. No man can tame the tongue. The only person that can help us bring control to our tongue is we ourselves submitting to the Lordship of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So we have to be careful and how we live and what we say and how we speak. It is clear that when James says, no one can tame the tongue, in verse 8, he still expects the tongue to be brought under control so that it functions consistently with the character of the person. To control the tongue, 
It must begin in the heart of men and women. It is important that we get control of our hearts. For out of the heart, the mouth speaketh, Jesus said. And the heart is the wellspring of life. When you get a chance, read these scriptures in Matthew chapter 12 and 15 and Luke chapter 6. The tongue, the control of the tongue has to begin with the heart. It becomes a heart issue that we submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You see, since the mouth speaks out of what fills the heart, we control the tongue by controlling what fills our heart. Joseph Parker, a great preacher of the last century said, it is vain to attempt to tame the tongue until the heart has been subdued. Our heart is given completely and wholly to the Lord. And as we meditate on Him, we meditate on His Word, we meditate on His promises, we meditate on His power, we meditate on His peace. And as we do, we grow as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we grow as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, our hearts are wholeheartedly given to Him. And by doing so, the mouth will speak from the heart and we will be controlled by the Spirit of the living God as we pray daily for His guidance and His strength in our lives. As we look at the sins of the tongue, as a fool would carelessly play and prank with a loaded gun, so many Christians today do likewise with their deadly tongue. If only we could fully realize the untold damage that we are doing to the body of Christ. If only we could see the full effect of the words we use. Please let me admonish you as a minister of the gospel that we would bring our tongues into subjection of the Spirit of God. Make sure what we say is profitable and it is godly. Let us not tear one another down and bring hurt and bring confusion to one another. But let us do as I said last week. Whenever we speak the truth, we speak it in love. Sins of the tongue. You see, much can be said of a person's character by the way they use their tongue. One scholar said speech is the index of the mind. I like that. Speech is the index of the mind. As I referred to earlier, Matthew chapter 12 and verse 34, Jesus said very clearly, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So therefore, it is heart issues, and we need to bring our hearts to the Lord. Proverbs chapter 25 and 18 talks about a lying tongue. A lying tongue. A man that beareth false witness against his neighbor is a maul and a sword and a sharp arrow. So a lying tongue is a misuse of a deadly weapon, according to Proverbs. It can be used to harm others near at hand, a maul. A few feet away, a sword and a great distance away, an arrow. Let me say it again. 
it can be used to harm those near at hand, a mall, a few feet away, a sword, or a great distance away, an arrow. Therefore, we need to understand that a lying tongue is one that is not conducive to a Christian light. Bearing false witness. Many of us don't think we bear false witness, but many times we are bearing false witness and we don't even realize it. Some of us are sharing stories on Facebook that are false. They are brought from news reports that are fake, but yet we gladly share this and we don't even know if it's true or not. And in doing so, we may be discrediting someone or some company or something. We need to be careful that we do not bear false witness. It is one of the commandments. Do not bear false witness against your neighbor. So a lying tongue. The Bible not only talks about a lying tongue, but it talks about a flattering tongue. The Bible speaks of flattery as a characteristic of the wicked, not the righteous. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is very wicked. Their throat is an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue. Psalms chapter 5 and verse 9. So really, the Bible is telling us that flattery is just a form of lying. What is flattery? Well, telling somebody something you really don't believe. Or because you want to flatter them, you tell them they did good. But then when you get out of their presence, in someone else's presence, you then begin to talk about them. That's a flattering tongue. The Bible certainly speaks here very clearly about it. Not only does it talk about a flattering tongue, but it talks about the proud tongue. Psalms chapter 12 and verse 3. The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. Who have said with our tongue we will prevail and our lips on our own? Who is the Lord over us? So the Bible talks about a proud tongue. Of course, in the New Testament, we are brought face to face with the Opatries who wanted preeminence in the congregation and spoke evil of the apostles. We today still have people who are so proud, promoting themselves and not one humble bone in their body and proudly talk about themselves as though they are the beginning and the ending. But let us always remember that it is God we give praise to and no one else. You see, proud tongue, the Christians are generally so full of themselves that they learn very little from anyone else. They can't be told by anybody. A proud tongue Christian will talk much of his knowledge and service, but very little about the Lord. They'll talk about what they have done, what they have accomplished, what they are able to do, and very little praise to the Lord. But for one who brings their tongue into subjection to the praises of God, will acknowledge the Lordship of Christ, will acknowledging the giftings of the Spirit in their life, and will always acknowledge they are nothing or without nothing outside of Jesus Christ. The proud tongue. The Bible also talks, and I'm just selecting some this evening because time won't allow us to dissect all of them. But the Bible talks about the tail-bearing tongue. Proverbs 18 and 8 says, The words of a tail-bearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 16 says, Thou shalt not go up and down as a tail-bearer among thy people. 
Therefore, we are not people that are going to tell every story that we hear. Whether they be true or false, we're not going around. And I've said it before over the years, and I'll say it again. I have no right to talk about your children because I have children. I'm not living in a glass house, and neither are you. All of us today are living in reality, and therefore we don't be tail-bearing Christians because the Bible tells us how dangerous indeed it is. You see, every Christian has the duty to deny his own desires and to seek to edify other Christians. I want you to look a little later in Romans chapter 14 and verse 19 and Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3, tail-bearing runs wholly contrary to Christian edification. Therefore, we do not accept gossiping lips or tail-bearing lips. And it is just as sinful as the act of adultery. Therefore, some people have said, well, it's okay to gossip. And it's all right to tail-bear. No, it's not. Sin is sin in the eyes of God. And those who become gossipers and tearing down the lives of others will also stand in the judgment of God. Let's look at history's examples of abusive tongues as we bring this to a close in a little while. It was the destructive tongue of Koran and his followers that brought swift judgment upon their people. Let's read the scripture in Numbers chapter 16, verse 3 and verse 32. They gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, Ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore, then lift up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord." Then verse 32 says, And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up and their houses. And all the men that uh, aligned themselves to Curran and all their goods. We see the destructive tongue of these followers as the judgment of God comes upon them. We see it was the negative tongue of Job's friends that ministered such trouble to him. Job is going through a crisis in his life. He has lost his family. He's lost his livestock. He's filled with sores. He's sitting among the ashes, the Bible tells us. And his friends comes along with a negative talk and tells him, the reason you're like you are is because of this, the negative tongue. It was the betraying tongue of Judas which caused Christ to be betrayed to his death. Matthew chapter 26, we read this account. As here Judas betrays the Lord, the Bible says, and he asked, how much will you pay me to betray Jesus to you? And they gave him 30 pieces of silver. His betraying tongue turned away from the Messiah and allowed him to die a very cruel death. As the Bible says, he went out and he hanged himself. It was the cursing tongue of Peter which made him deny his Lord not only once, but three times. Matthew 26 and verse 70. But Peter denied it in the front of everyone. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. 
the cursing tongue of Peter when he said, I know not the man. Absolutely not. Let's look at history. It was the conspiring tongue of Ananias and Sapphira that caused them to lie to the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 5. Bible lists it out. Ananias, Peter said, Why have you let Satan fill your heart? You have lied to the Holy Spirit. You have kept some of the money for yourself. They sold a piece of land. They did not have to give the money to the church. But they said, we will sell the land, give the money to the church. But they lied. They had a scheme. They only brought back portion of the money. They laid it at the apostles' feet. He lied. He died. While they were burying him, his wife Sapphira comes in. She recalls the same story. And the apostle said, the same men that have carried your husband to his burial will now carry you as well to your burial. It was their conspiring tongue that lied to the Holy Spirit. I want to say that God warns us that we will never tame the tongue, but the tongue no man can tame. We can try it on our own. We need the help of the Holy Spirit today to guide our tongue in everything that we do as we bring it to conclusion today. I want to say that we need to guard against engaging the tongue without engaging the mind. We need to take a moment before we speak. And we need to ask some questions. We have the word think. You've all seen this, I'm sure. I didn't write it, but whoever did, it is beautiful. They ask the following questions from the word think. T, is it true? H, is it helpful? I, is it inspiring? N, is it necessary? K, is it kind? If we ask ourselves these questions before we speak and we think, it will solve a lot of our questions. We need to watch our words. As I close this study tonight, I want to reiterate and repeat the words of Jesus as he tells us to watch our words, watch what we say, speak life and not death, speak the word of God, speak truth, speak kindness, speak love, and we will live in the blessings of God. I've proven it for myself. Matthew chapter 12. Let me read it again. But I tell you, that men will have to give an account on that day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted or justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Well, we trust you've enjoyed this study on Watch Your Words. Next week we will look at Watch Your Actions. May God bless us as we continue to study His Word and we pray that God will bless all of us as we guard our speech and we guard our words. That's our prayer as we trust it to Christ. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Hoyt, for sharing with us the Word of God this evening. We're going to sing the verse and the chorus to this old hymn before Pastor Grant comes and leads us in prayer this evening. And all to Jesus I surrender all to Him I freely give I will live
verse 1 again. And all to Jesus I surrender all to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence. pray with you this evening. I know that there are many needs on your heart and that you have things in your life that is out of your control and we just want to pray with you. We want to pray God's blessing on you, God's healing over you, and God's strength for you today. Would you lift your hands as we pray this evening to close in prayer. Our Father, we just thank you today that we are able to come to you, Lord, at any moment of the day, Lord, with every need, Lord, that is on our heart, God, we just pray right now, Lord, that you would minister to these people that are watching today, Lord, many with heavy hearts today, Lord, many mourning the loss of a loved one today, many in hospital bed, Lord, many, Lord, that are shut in today, Lord, family members, Lord, that are sick today, God, we just pray, Lord, that you would minister exactly what is needed today for these people. Lord, we just pray, Lord, healing, Lord, today, Lord, miracles today, strength today, Lord. We pray for salvations today. We pray for those family members, Lord, that are wayward today, Lord, that they would come back to know you as a personal Lord and Savior. We just ask, Lord, that you would uh, meet the needs of the people today, Lord. And God, that you would do only what you are able to do, God, and intervene in the lives of men and women. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do, Lord. We praise you, and we adore you, and we love you today, Lord, for all that you are, God. And, Lord, we just thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you this evening. Oh, yes, he's coming back again. And where the Oh
Oh 